I use this one. Praise God. Somebody say amen. You excited to be here today? Come on, you're excited to be here today. Just give God a praise right now. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on, let them a shout of worship or something. Amen. Amen, amen. You know, I want to challenge you today that, uh, I want to challenge you today that God has a really a specific word for you. Amen. I want to challenge you that God wants to speak to your heart, uh, both young, both old, uh, Christians who've been in the faith for their whole lives, and Christians who've been in the faith maybe just for a few months, a few weeks, a few days. Amen. I believe that what God has for you today is going to be a powerful word. Come on, grab somebody's hand around you as you go before the Lord in prayer. As we go before the Lord right now, dear Heavenly Father, you know, we're honored to be in your presence, God. You know, I'm honored to be here, Father God. I thank you for the privilege of just being able to speak your word to your people, God. And Father God, my prayer and my desire right now is that you will have your way. That you would speak to the hearts of these people. You would speak to the hearts of this church, your people, God. Let no weapon formed against us prosper. Let no distraction take our thoughts right now. Let no distraction take our minds right now. But Father, yet rather let us hear your word. Let your spirit rest in this place, God. Let your conviction come into this house, God. Let your spirit come into us, God, as we hear your word, that it might touch our hearts and provoke us to bring change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you would turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is what the word of the Lord says, and I'm reading from the, I believe it's the King James Version. You guys ready for this? Amen. Anybody really ready to hear from the Lord today? I think I'm going to address some things in your life that maybe you've been dealing with. Some things that, uh, some revelation that God gave to me this week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the 17th verse, the Apostle Paul says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I want to read that for you one more time. And therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, somebody shout, creature. Old things are passed away, church. Behold, meaning look, it's exciting, look, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. When you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you became a new creation. But the problem I have is the title of my sermon today. It's a big problem that I have. Why do so many new creations have the same old bad habits? Why are so many believers still cursing, still swearing? You're a new creation. Why are new creations still dealing with old problems, old hurts, old pains, rejection, fears? Why? If you're a new creation, why are you dealing with these things? It would almost seem as if the word of God is a lie. But rather, we know the word of God is infallible and it has truth to it. And the apostle Paul says, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. It's over. It's done. And the new has come in. And I know the reason why you're not clapping and excited about that is because when you accepted Christ, everything was the same. And when that, something like that happens, you have to check the instruction manual. When you buy something new and it's not working, you don't take it back. You, you check the instruction manual first to find out if you're doing this thing wrong. And today I think some of us might find out we're doing some things wrong. Amen? Paul declares that if anyone be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Maybe to you, this does not seem spectacular, but yet to me, I realize some things. When I hear the scripture, some things click in me. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Something clicks in me, and I'm excited to know that I am a new creation in Jesus. When I am in Christ, somebody say in Christ, meaning I've accepted him. He is my Savior. I believe in him. When I am in Christ, not outside of Christ, when I am in Christ, I am a new creation. 
This is important to be in Christ. Somebody say in Christ. For in Christ, the word of God in the flesh, Jesus is the word in the flesh. In him, I am a new creation. And maybe to you that's not exciting, but yet I see this from a different perspective. John, the apostle John, in the first uh, gospel of John, he writes this. This is powerful. Chapter 1, first five verses. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was God in the beginning. And through him, meaning the word, all things were created. Without him, the word was nothing made. In him, the word was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. Maybe that's too complex for you. Maybe that's too, too, too big for you. I'll read it to you in my translation. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus is God. He was with God since the beginning. And through Jesus, everything was created. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. And in Jesus, there is life. And life that is the light of all mankind. And that light shines into darkness. And darkness can't overcome Jesus. You don't understand this yet. When Genesis chapter 1, let me take you back and give you a little biblical history here. Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light. When God spoke, when he spoke the audible word of God, the audible word was Jesus. Jesus went down to the earth and he created light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus, maybe you don't know this, he is the actual word of God. And when God made the promise of a savior audibly, that was Jesus. And Jesus took form of the flesh inside of Mary and he was born. And so John, he's giving this revelation that in the beginning was Jesus. He's not new. He was always there. He's not something new. Jesus was always there. He was there in the beginning. He's the one that shaped and formed and created the earth. It was Jesus. Somebody say it was Jesus. It was Jesus, the word of God. Maybe you're not excited. That's fine. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. The apostle Paul writes this. For by him, meaning Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is the master creator over all things. When God created the universe and the stars, it was the word that he spoke forth that was Jesus that went forth and created all these things. From the mouth of God, every living thing that is in existence was created by Jesus. It was Jesus from the beginning. It was not God by himself. It was the Trinity, Jesus creating, Jesus creating. He made the trees. He made the stars. It was Jesus who made the cattle. He made the birds. He made everything. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus walks down and he's talking to the disciples before he goes into heaven. And he says, I've been given all power. I've been given all power. Every ounce of power in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, the son. You still don't get it. And that's all right. You still don't understand this. That's okay. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Jesus was God's plan all along for no nothing in this world nothing in this universe both invisible spiritual and the physical world nothing has the power in which to create but jesus and so paul says when you get inside of christ the master recreates you because only jesus christ has the power to create and so you become a new creature when you are in jesus it is only jesus that can create in you a new heart a new mind it's only jesus you're a new creation. And he shines his light. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. The apostle Paul declares, just like God shined the light of Jesus over the earth in chapter uh, 1 of Genesis, verse 2. It says darkness was over the face of the earth. And it says there that there was darkness and void and without form, which is a Hebrew term for judgment. And what took away the darkness. What took away the judgment? It was not the spirit of God that hovered over the earth. It was not God. It was Jesus when God said, let there be light. Darkness fled. Darkness cannot understand Jesus. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says that the same way God shined it into the darkness of the earth, he shined the light of Christ into the darkness that was in your heart. 
And immediately darkness left your heart because darkness cannot compete with light. I came here to tell somebody today, darkness and sin cannot hinder what God is doing in you. Because the Bible says that darkness could not overcome the light. What God is trying to do in you, although you may feel like you can't do it, although you may feel like sometimes it's just too hard, I came to tell you, darkness cannot overcome you. You may look depressed and feel depressed and be in a depressing situation, but darkness cannot overcome you lest you allow it. For every sin you do is a choice. And the fact is, some of you just love sin more than you love the Lord. When you accept Christ as your Savior, instantaneously you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, the master creator. God forgives all your sins. He sees you as blameless, perfect, and whole. God sees you as without spot or wrinkle, and he presses the proverbial reset button over your life. When you gave your life to God, let me tell you something, everything instantly was made over. You're going to get this in a minute. That's all right. Revelations 21 verse 5, God's sitting on the throne of heaven. It says, and he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and they are true. God is in the business of making things new. The old is gone. Somebody say, my old life is gone. And the new is here. He did not say the new is coming. He did not say the blessings are coming. He did not say that that salvation is coming. He did not say that uh, healing is coming. He said it's here now. Now it's there. It's there. It's instantaneous. Salvation is a process, but the creation of yourself being new is instantaneous. You've been born again in Jesus Christ. You're getting this today. New creations with old habits. Instantly, you're made over. But here's the issue. So many of us are made new, but we don't walk in the newness of Christ. We don't walk in the newness of Christ. Following Christ is a decision, and walking in the newness of his life is a decision. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were buried with him by baptism into death. In order that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. When Jesus died and rose again, he walked in the newness of life because he was made over. He was born again. He was made over by the Father. And so when we get into Christ's will, we, we are born again because we suffered with him in his death. He paid the price for your sins. And all you have to do now is walk in the newness of life. Nobody wants to walk in the newness. That's all right. That's okay. You've been made new but still act old. When I was 17 years old, I was working at CVS as a cashier. A few months later, after I got hired, they promoted me to a photo lab supervisor, and I thought I was the big man on campus. But when I got promoted from laborer to manager of laborers, my mind had to change. I had to begin to do things different, change my perspective on things. I had to make sure I was the example. I had to make sure that I was doing things right. And then I got to a bigger store, and then I got to assistant manager, and then I got to store manager. I was, I was the store manager of my own store, CVS on Boston Avenue. I was running it. I was having the time of my life. And when I walked into that store, everything was old. Everything was a mess. Everything was horrible. But they had new management. That's all right. You just missed it. That's okay. Your life may look horrible, but you're under new management. You have to get, you don't, you don't understand it. You don't realize that you've been promoted, but you're still acting like the cashier when God's made you the manager. You don't understand that God has lifted you out of your old state and he's brought you into a place of sonship. You are now a prince of God. You are not some sinner. You are son of the most high God. You're a daughter of the king. You're a princess. You're a prince. But you walk into your home and you still see the same old stuff you have. You see your children still acting up. Your husband still ain't back. Your wife still ain't back. Your husband's still treating you like garbage. Your your bills are still piled up. And you say, man, I gave my life to God, but nothing's different. Look in the mirror. You're the difference maker that God is sending into. You're waiting for change, but God already sent change in you. 
When I walked into my store on Boston Avenue, on day two of my job, he got robbed at gunpoint. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. I had a choice. Either I let the store affect me or I affect the store. That's all right. It might be too deep for some of y'all. I might have to go back to preaching Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> day two, we got robbed at gunpoint and a pistol with this girl who was pregnant at the counter. Nothing was changed in the store, but there was new management. And so I had to take on the task of bringing change so people can see the newness that was in the store that no one could recognize. There's newness in your life, and you have to make people recognize it. And you have to walk this faith out and begin to walk in the newness of God's life. I could not be my old self as the boss because now I had been promoted. I was no longer a regular employee. I was a manager, and I had to change everything that did not match with something new. Likewise, you don't realize you've been promoted. You may look the same. You may act the same. But that's not the right way to act because you've been promoted. Your car may still break down every week and you may feel like, well, God should love me if, I have a, if I'm serving God. Why is my car broken down? Why is my house a mess? Why is my life a mess if God made me new? Because you haven't walked in the newness of God's promises. You haven't walked in the newness of the Father. You haven't walked in the newness of Christ. Following Jesus is a decision. It's not, it's a journey, not an event. Some of you are not getting this. That's all right. You're walking in sin because because you're acting like a laborer. When I was an employee, it was okay to take a pack of gum because they ain't paying me enough. That's my mindset. I was Puerto Rican. I was ghetto. It was all right to take an MP3 player and throw it in the garbage bag and take it out the back and then put it in my car because everyone else was doing it. The boss was a bum. He was in the office all day. She was horrible. The horrible bosses. Everyone always talks about the boss because you never carry the burden. It's easy to talk about the person planning when you never plan a thing in your life. All you see is build this and build that end cap, put that product here, do this. Hey, sign this paper, mail this out, and you don't even know why they're doing it. You know, I don't know why you tell me to do it. I don't know why I got to do it. I don't know why I got to be the one. Man, this place will fall apart without me. And then you got fired and the place still kept on going. Well, I don't know what they would do without me here. Oh, my God, I bring so much money into this salon. And if without me, they can't make it. You're fired. Out. Done. And guess what? Doors are still open. Well, I don't know what they would do without me. And you have this laborer mentality, the way you look at God. Why hasn't God blessed me? Why hasn't he done nothing for me? There he is in heaven doing nothing. He's not that busy. What's he doing? Running the universe? God can do it for me. Where's my blessing? Where's my money? Where's my promotion? You've already been promoted. When I... When I became a manager, I had to switch my position. And now, because I used to talk bad about my boss, I knew what they were saying about me. He in the office doing nothing. No matter, it don't matter how you hired somebody. Within two weeks, the store affects them. No matter how much. When I hired people, you can ask any of my employees, I paid them good money. I never paid nobody minimum wage. I paid people five, six dollars above minimum wage. You start with me, you're making 12 to 15 an hour to start. You're a manager, you're a supervisor, I'll give you 20 bucks an hour. Man, I caught hell for my DM. Why are you paying so much? Because I know the value of hard work. I made sure I treated my employees right. I made sure I treated them right, and I made sure they treated me right. There was this one young lady, she was, she was, she was, uh, working for me, and she would, she would punch in off of her break then go back on break. That's not treating me right. That's, that's, that's stealing my time. My mentality as a person had changed, and now I had to manage. Now I had to take the company's values and instill them in the store so the community could see what the company was about, and I had to represent those values. I had to plan things. I had to do stuff. It was crazy. The amount of, of work that went into managing a store. And people saw me in the office, but they didn't realize what I was doing. They didn't realize we had to plan so much and do so much and do so much and do so much. And the employees were always yapping their mouths and yapping. Their, there's always at least seven employees talking bad about the boss in every job. Your best idea would be to stay away from them. Because they'll never get promoted talking about the boss. And some of you just missed that. You'll never get nowhere talking about God. 
You're not going to get a blessing bad-mouthing God. You're not going to get raised up bad-mouthing God. You're not going to be able to do these things acting old when God has made you new. You're brand new. You know that old saying? Not even the old saying. What they say, why are you acting brand new? Like you don't know it. Why are you acting new? Oh, really? No, I don't want to smoke no more. I'm good with that. I don't do that no more. Why are you acting brand new, Burgos? What's up with that? Because I don't do that no more because I'm new. Can't touch this. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. You don't want to go to the club tonight? No. Why not? Because I'm new. And then when a brother or sister from church, you, you want to come out tonight and go drinking? No. Why? Because I'm new. Why are you acting brand new? Because I am. Every time I walk, you still hear this. I still squeak because I'm so new. Like God just made me over. I'm new. It's about time you acted new instead of old. Because the Bible says that you're a new creature. The old is gone. The new is here. Why don't you start acting like it? You've been elevated by God, but you're still wallowing in the pit. And God has pulled you out. You would not imagine the blessings you would receive in your life if you walked in the newness of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Ephesians 4, 22. Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Before you gave your life to God, you were controlled by the devil. You you only serve one of two masters. There's no self. Self is the devil. Either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve the devil. When I accepted Christ, I had to put off my old way of life. You have to move your mind from being a sinner to being a saint. It don't mean you're not going to make mistakes, but what it means is you will not make the same mistakes. If you're still making the same mistakes, you are living in the oldness of life. Because what would happen is, is when you give your life to God, you should be able now to know what you used to do that was wrong and not do it. Maybe you don't understand that. You should know that having premarital sex wasn't right because that's what the Bible says. And now you should maybe get caught up in something different, not saying get caught up, but you slip on things you did not do because you did not know. And so, well, I didn't know that that was a, when I went down south, you can't say the P word. You can't, but the urinating word, you can't say that down south. That's like a really bad word. I can't say it up north, I don't think either. It's just, when you're saying that you pee, you're peed off, you can't say that down south. That's like saying the F-bomb to them. I said that once, and they brought me to the office of the pastor, and I'm just like, what's going on? He swore, when? I'm a new creature. What are you talking about? I got saved last night. I was there, I could only imagine, on my knees crying, yeah, it's me. You prayed over me, you're talking, you said this word, that's not a bad word up north. But when I realized what was wrong, I had to change it. And so the sins that I'm not aware of, God will make me aware of. But the sins that I am aware of, it's up to you to change. Maybe you don't understand this yet. When you get a new DVD player, it ain't going to play nothing until you put something in it. God's made you new. Put something into this. God's made you over. Put something into it. New creation should not have old habits. I'm so tired of seeing Christians comfortable in sin. I'm so tired of seeing Christians comfortable smoking, comfortable drinking, comfortable having premarital sex, comfortable watching bad movies, comfortable doing all types of things because your personal conviction don't think it's wrong. But when the Bible says do not harm your body, when the Bible says drinking is for the dying, to hide the pain of death, that's what the scripture says. You don't want to do that because you have your own opinion and your opinion becomes better than God's and then you have an idolatry in your life because you're worshiping yourself rather than God because what you say is more important than what God says. You're a new creation with old habits. Oh, I wish somebody would hear this today. I told my wife, they ain't going to like me after this and I don't really care. I'd rather grieve your flesh and save your soul rather than grieve your soul and save your flesh. It says here, Ephesians 4.22. You know, I, my, my point is I want you to go, be able to go into 2013 acting new. God has a purpose for you that cannot be fulfilled in the oldness of your old lifestyle. 
God has a purpose for you that cannot be filled with the oldest. You can't be a new creation with the same old spirit of gossip. And all the ladies said, can't touch this. You cannot have the same judgmental spirit coming to God. The only difference in your life should not be what you do on Sunday. It should be how you live your life. Coming to God means having a moment of repentance. The word repentance has nothing to do with forgiveness and nothing to do with saying you're sorry. Repentance has to do with the Greek word for changing your mind about how you view things. Repentance means in the core of its definition, in the Greek, in the Hebrew way of the Bible saying it, it means to shift my mind. This was not sin before, but now that I've been told the truth, that's sin. And I've changed my mind about how I feel about sin. But some of us don't want to change our mind about how we feel about sin. Why? Because sin is pleasurable for a season. The Bible even says sin is fun. Make no mistake about it. Sin is fun. Why y'all acting innocent today? (laughs) I've heard about 80 people say I'm in spirit. Yes, sin is fun, pastor, I know. Sin is great. I don't know why I sin. I know why, because you like it. I wish you would just tell the truth. I don't know why it happened, because you wanted to do it. I don't know why I slept with her, because you liked it. I don't know why I went to the club, because you wanted to shake it. I don't know why I was doing this, because you like it. I don't know why I gossip, because you're a gossip. Do you know what the Bible says about gossip? The Bible says about gossip in the book of Proverbs. Gossip is like a choice morsel. It goes down and flows into the innermost parts. Maybe you don't like that. You don't understand that. You're about to get it right now because this is, this is, this is how gossip works. So gossip works. Jess comes to me and says, Pastor, this chick came to my salon. She was in my chair, and she said X, Y, Z. She slept with this dude in the church. Let's just say that. This never happened. I'm making this up. And so I'm like, ooh, let me call. Ooh, I'm going to call sister so-and-so who's real good friends with that guy and find out if it's true. That's gossip. Gossip is like a choice more so. Like when I go to the bakery or I go to the donut inn in the morning and I want a donut, I'm like, mm, which one do I want? Mm, ooh, that one because it looks really good. I want that morsel right there. And you choose it because you like it. That's how gossip works. That's how sin works. You choose it because you like it. It goes down to the innermost parts, meaning it satisfies you. People who gossip are satisfied by gossip. I'll leave it alone. That's all right. That's conviction right there. When someone tells you something and it's burning to get out, you have a spirit of gossip. I would address it if I were you. Now, if you're a new creation, you can't act in old ways. New people shouldn't act old. Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing more a pain in the butt when you're talking to some of your friends. Talking to the guys, hey, come play basketball with me. I can't. Why? My bone's been hurting. Dude, you're like 19. Like, you serious? I'm getting old, man. Shut up and come play basketball. Why are you acting old? Got to be in bed by 9 o'clock. I'm going to be in bed by 8.30. What time do you wake up? 8 o'clock. You need 12 hours of sleep? You're acting old. Anybody ever met somebody acting old? Maybe wearing grandpa sweaters or something. Have a complex, you know. The only good way to act old, let me throw this, the only good way to act old. Anybody here with me? The only good way, ladies, the only good way to act old is if you cook like grandma, but I'll leave that alone. If you do that, that's all right. You can do that, girl. <laughs> all right? But why are we acting old? Ask yourself, why am I cursing when I get mad? Why am I letting the old me come out? Not walking in the newness of life because it satisfied you to curse. It's either you're going to choose God or you're going to choose the devil. For coming to God means to have a moment of repentance. 
You walked into your life after giving your life to Christ. You walked into your house and you said, you know what, God? All things are made new. I feel great. How many of you ever feel great after you go to church? Man, oh man, you feel the power of God in your life. You were refreshed. You were recharged. It don't matter if it's raining, if it's snowing. You felt God. You felt God and it was awesome and you're so excited about God. You go home and you still got baby mama drama. You go home and you still got baby daddy drama. You go home and you still feel broken. You still feel hurt and you have so many reminders around your household that you're still in pain. You're still depressed. You're still hurt. And the reason is because you're waiting for change to come in, but you don't know it walked in with you. And your situation looked the same, but to to your situation, you look different. You walked into a home of depression, and they walked in and said, why he got joy? The demons that are in your house, the principalities that are over your household say, I want to bring destruction to Pastor Carmen's house. She walks in refreshed, and they're like, oh, boy. And you're thinking like, oh, man, I'm scared to be back here. And the devil's like, oh, crap, I see God in them. Holy moly, I just see the, I see the living God in them, and I, I'm afraid. But, but what happens is, is you see the old situation and you begin to act in the old manner in which you acted and now God's no longer in you and you go back to your old self because new creation is acting old. Oh, is anybody getting something from this today? I don't want you to go into 2013 with the same old garbage in your life. You're the new creation. You are the promotion. You are the promise your life has been waiting for. When I got my story, it was a mess, but I had to bring things into it to try and change. Yeah, maybe you don't understand. Every time someone gets promoted, someone gets demoted. Yeah, yeah. Every time someone gets promoted in a company, it's because someone got demoted. Rarely ever is it because people are going up. Positions don't open up in companies, or we're going to have a new position open up. No, most of the time, if someone wasn't doing the job, they're fired, you take their place. Amen? Your spirit got promoted. Your flesh got demoted. Oh, you don't want to hear this today. That's all right. Your spirit got promoted. Your flesh should be demoted. You should bring your flesh down by bringing your spirit up. You cannot be a new creation acting in old ways. You got to be a new creation acting in new ways. Because every time you come in contact with Christ, it should bring change. Ain't nothing worse than Christians still shacking and shouting. Ain't nothing worse than Christians still dealing with old sins, old problems, old hurts, old types of situations. I'm tired of seeing you struggle, but nobody told you. You've been promoted. Your flesh got demoted. Sin, demoted. Holiness, promoted. Somebody say, I've been promoted. You have to deal with the situation that is in your life. You have to go in there and clean up the mess that your flesh made because your flesh got demoted. Now it's time the spirit in you got promoted and ran the household. It's time you ran your house and your life in a spiritual capacity rather than an earthly capacity. It's time you started putting God first in the household, in the finances, in the jobs, in the business, rather than putting yourself. When you put your needs before God, you have a sense of idolatry because you're more important than God. When God made you over, he created you new. He put new things in you. He cleaned up the mess that you had made. He made you over top to bottom, the master creator, Jesus the Christ. You are the thing that is going to change the atmosphere of your household. You are the thing that is going to change your family. You are the thing that God is using to change your community, to bring Christ to your job. It is your the new thing. You ever walked into your job and said, man, we need something new in here. This is getting really old. You're the new thing in this place. You're the new thing in this place. Sometimes I walk into the, into the church. I'm like, God, I need something new. And God said, man, you're the new thing. You're the new thing that you need to bring something out of you. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, meaning in the body, in the physical world, I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have to live my life for God. I have to live my life for God. Why? Somebody say, why? Because the old has died. The new is here. 
Maybe you walk into this church today feeling very old, feeling tired, feeling like this is very monotonous. Things are always the same in your life. But church, I came to serve notice to you that the light of Christ is in you. The light of Jesus, the Son of God, the most living God, he is in you right now. And darkness cannot overcome you. Darkness cannot overcome you because God is with you. Romans 12, chapter 2. I'm going to give you the key to changing your life. Anybody with me today? Do you want to change your life? About five people. That's perfect. I only came for one. I got five. That's good. I'm doing good. Statistically, most of you will go home and act the same. But if I can get just one person to change today, I'm good. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to hear a secret? Anybody want to hear a secret? I know how to roll a blunt. And the church said, me too. <laughs> some, some, some of you are old. I respect you, Daniel. I, I highly do. You, you don't. Don't know what I got to say in Spanish. Maybe you, I'm just kidding. Let me stop. I know how to sin. I could connect cuss words that you would never be able to do. I could say stuff that you would never even think of. Where did he come with that from? I know, I, I know how to sleep around. I know how to sin like you wouldn't believe. The problem is this. The problem is that you can't, God has made your spirit new that you've infected with sin. God has made your heart new, not your physical heart, but the center of who you are. God makes you over. The problem is you still remember how to sin. The problem is you still remember how to do these. It's just so easy. It's second nature to you. You remember how to go out. You remember how to go to the club. You remember how to drink a couple of drinks. You remember how to spark up a cigarette. You remember how to roll your own cigarettes. You remember what you do. You remember how, how, how every time you were depressed, you called that guy or that girl. You remember every time you got, you got into a place of hurt and pain, you started drinking and just laid down in misery. You remember those things. And when situations arise, because you remember them, they come back to you and you begin to sin again rather than renewing your mind by not conforming. Meaning, don't shape, don't shape your life around the world. Be transformed, meaning from the inside out. That's the, that's the Greek word metamorphosis. It means to change from the inside out. It means that you should have a changing from the inside of your mind and not conform to the way you used to think. How do I do that? How do I do that? Anybody ever thought that? Well, how do I transform myself? How do I renew my mind daily? It says here that when you do that, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Have you ever had to ask yourself, well, is, is this right? Is this wrong? If you do, I have a, a quick solution for that. If you have to question it, it's out of the question. All right, you want to hear that? That's okay. That's fine. That's okay. Moving on. And it says here, you'll be able to know what God's perfect will is for your life. In the beginning was the word of God. And it was the word of God, Jesus, that created the universe. It was Jesus who died on the cross for you, the word of God. He died for you, and he made you over from the outside or rather from the inside out. And you say to yourself, well, how do I then, how do I then change myself in my mind? And I will tell you, church, it's through Jesus, but not the Jesus that you might think. It's through the Jesus that is in the written word of God. For the written word of God is still God. Yeah, yeah, Psalms 23, that's still God. All your favorite scriptures, it's the word of God. God is in each passage and when you read the word and it tells you what to do, you're able to move forward in your spirit and in your mind and realize this isn't right. That's a sin. Then and only then will you know what pleases God when you find out what sin is. Is anybody here with me today? Yeah, I said, God, remove, renew rather my mind. God, make me uncomfortable in sin. Renew my mind. God, I'm addicted to drinking, smoking. Renew my mind. God, I have ties to old things, old men, old women. Renew my mind. God, I'm addicted to pornography. I need you to renew my mind. Amen? Isaiah 43, 18. 
a prophetic scripture, and it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Somebody say, God's doing a new thing. It says, it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Meaning, I will make a way where you seem to be lost. I will bring life where there seems to be death. I will bring water where there seems to be a drought. I will bring finances where there seems to be brokenness. I will bring hope where there seems to be hopelessness. I will bring it. Because I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it, he said? Do you not understand it? Do you not see it? That I've made you new, that I've made you over, and now you have to walk in the newness of my son Jesus? Don't you see it? And when you do it, I will bring forth life into you. I will bring forth provision into you. I will bring forth hope into you. I don't care what you feel or what Satan tells you. You are new. God has made you over. When you pray that sinner's prayer, you may have felt the same and looked the same, but on the inside, you were all new. You were all made over. Look all through Scripture, and every time someone came in contact with the power of Christ, they went from one extreme to the other. You look at the the story of the adulterous woman, and she came before Jesus, and she was on the brink of death, caught in sin. They were going to stone her, and by the time she walked away, she was forgiven, and she was full of life. She went from the extreme of death to life. You look at the woman with the issue of blood, and she came to Jesus suffering. The Bible says she spent all she had. She was bleeding for 12 years, and, and when she touched Jesus, the Bible says he said to her, you have made been made whole. She came to him incomplete, but left on the opposite spectrum, completely full of life. When blind Bartimaeus came before Jesus and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. When he did that, he, was, he came to Jesus blind and broken and hurting. And when he walked away, he had more vision than he ever had in his life. Why? Because when you come in contact with Jesus, when you come in contact with the power of God, it should bring you from one extreme to the other. It should bring you from one end to the other. It should not keep you in sin. You should not stay in the same place. You should not have the same attitude. You should not have the same, the same nasty mouth. You should change. Somebody says, it's time to change. It's time to change. When the woman with the issue of blood came to him, she was made whole. She was made whole. When Jesus went to the house of Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector, a sinner, and a thief. But when Jesus left his house, Zacchaeus said, listen, I'm going to pay back everybody I ever stole from seven times what I stole from them. And he made amends. Jesus came to the house of a thief but left the house of a restorer. From one end to the other we should go, but yet we come to church, we come in contact with God, and the only thing that changes is our attitudes for five minutes, and when we leave this place, we're back in sin because we have not renewed our minds. When the lame man came to Jesus, he pushed aside a people. He pushed aside that I need to get to Jesus. He cut a hole in the roof of a house, and the Bible says that Jesus healed him. He came in there unable to walk but left running. From one extreme to the other, when Saul, the persecutor of the church, he had an experience with the power of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he became the man Paul. He went from the persecutor of the church to the proclaimer of the gospel and went on to write most of the New Testament. When you come in contact with God, there should be dramatic change. It's not osmosis. It's, it's not uh, a natural selection. It's not evolution. It's immediate. It's instantaneous. You've got to switch some things in your life. All throughout Scripture, the process of Jesus is to bring people from one extreme to the other. And it's time that the church got to a point of difference with Jesus. It's time you got to a point of difference. And I'll close with this. Come on. When Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus. He was dead for four days, and maybe some of you feel dead. Maybe some of you feel like if you have some issues in your life, maybe some of you feel like things are dead around you. But when Jesus said Lazarus come forth, immediately he took Lazarus from being dead to being fully alive. He went from having no hope. He went from having no hope. He went from having nothing to hang on. Nothing. There was nothing. Lazarus was dead. He was in Abraham's bosom. He was gone. He was done. There was no hope in that situation. But yet when he came in contact with an all-powerful Savior, he became a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
He became a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he said, come on, every head by every eye closed. He said, if any man, if any man, if any man, that's the promise of God, if anybody, if anybody would come into my son Jesus, and he would get in Christ. It, it, it's not talking about the perfect person, the person who makes it all right. Not the person who, who <clears throat> seems to have it all together. You know, God's obsessed with finding the ones that are broken, the ones that are hurting. The ones who are lost, the ones who've turned from him. The ones who've turned from him. The ones who've turned from him. And he says, listen, if that person right there, struggling in sin, been saved for a while but still can't let go of sin if that person right there if he's in me let him know he's a new creation the old is over the old is done i came to tell somebody tonight the old in you is over you've been promoted it's time you started acting like it you've been set free by the son of god it's time you started acting free you've been made over you've been made new and it says behold look this is exciting look it says, look oh my god everything is made new in your life i don't care how you feel i don't care what your situation looks like you're the new thing that i'm sending into your place you're the new thing you've been waiting for, God says. If any man be in Christ Jesus, it is him who is a new creation. It's him who's been made over. It's him who has the opportunity to touch God. It's him. Verse 18 says, and for it is God who did this. He was reconciling man unto himself. He was reconciling man to be part of him again. He had to make you over. John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus talking, he says, I, Very truly, I'll tell you, no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless he be born again, meaning unless he is a new creation. I don't know about you, but as I look at you guys and I see and I talk to some of you, I, get, I tire for you for having to walk in the same hurt, the same rejection. I, I tire for you having to live in the same place in your life, having to be always depressed, always down, always hurting. I tire of seeing you having to struggle with addictions. I tire of seeing you having to struggle with hurts, pains, emotional scars, physical scars, and disabilities. I tire of seeing you struggle financially. Somebody should be tired. Somebody should say, God, enough is enough. I can't do this no more. I can't take one more step. God, I can't do this without you. I want to be that new creation that you talk about, God. I want that in my life. I don't want to be hurt and broken no more. I don't want to be beautiful but feel like I'm ugly anymore, God. I don't want to run from your will right now, God. I don't want to run from you, God, anymore. I'm tired of running, God. I'm tired, God. I want to be that new creation. I want to be the person you desire. Come on, every head, body, every eye closed. When God created you, man, God was excited as he crafted your hands and he designed your feet. He was excited when he put your nose on you. He was excited to give you your beautiful eyes. He was excited to put in you the ability to do things. He was excited when he gave me the ability to preach and to read the word. God was excited when he gave Stephen the power to, to play an instrument. God, he said, oh my God, Stephen's going to love this man. And God's excited. And likewise, the father was so excited when he recreated you, when you accepted Christ into your life. And Satan has done everything he could, everything he possibly could to make you feel like you're the same old person. Nothing will ever change. Say nothing will ever change. Your situation is going to be always the same. When he comes to me at night, says, Pastor Lewis, you'll never be the pastor God called you to be. He says, Lewis, you're not, even, you're not even the man of God that you think you are. He comes to me and says, you know what? You're never going to have a, a multi-site church. You're never going to do what God's called you to do. And every morning I have to wake up and say, no, you're a liar, devil, because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And God's given me the authority and the power to live the way he's called me to live. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. We're just focusing right now. We're thinking over our lives. We're saying, God, man, is that me? Am I the one running from God? Am I, am I hiding from his perfect will? Have I been doing things opposite just because it's easier right now? 
Is anybody tired of living in sin? Is anybody tired of the hurt, the pain? Is anybody tired of saying, man, I don't want to keep acting old. I came with the promise of God today. I promise you with all my heart. I came with the promise of God today. You know, I want to share this. This earlier this week, I was really dealing with some things in my personal life. And I said to the Lord, God, why don't you ever talk to me when I pray to you? Some people right now, you're wondering why God don't talk to you when you pray to you. He said, he said to me, if you don't believe what I've said, why would you believe what I'm going to say? He told me, if you don't believe my word, why would I ever talk to you in the secret of your prayer closet if you won't even listen to my word? And in God's word, his promises like this, that he will make you a new creation. And you have to begin to believe that God will do it in your life. He'll make all things new. He'll fix your marriage. He'll fix your finances. He'll fix your life. you got to do it. But it starts with you. You have to begin to walk into the newness of life. I came here today offering each and every one of you something. A promotion in Christ Jesus a promotion in Christ Jesus and you're saying you know what I want to accept that promotion I want to start walking in the newness of Christ I want to be that creation God made me to be because I know that he's destined me for more I know that I am something new I know that no matter what Satan tells me I have the authority of God I have the power of heaven backing me up I want to be promoted come on if that's you you're standing up right now in authority you're standing up and saying I want to walk in the newness of life I will not be my old self anymore I will not with my old demons. I will walk in the newness. I am a new creation. I dare you to stand up in authority. You may not believe it right now, but fight that thought right now and say, listen, I'm going to walk in the newness of life. I am not broken. I'm not washed up. I am not a mistake. I am a good father. I am a good mother. I made mistakes, but from here on out, God's going to forget my past. From here on out, God's going to remember who I am, and that is a new creature in Christ Jesus. Come on, if that's you, you're lifting your hands. You're confessing and saying, I am a new creation. Come on, lift your hands if you're believing it today. I am a new creation. I will walk in the authority of heaven. I am not done. I am not a horrible husband. I am not a horrible father. I am who God made me to be. And in this moment, a defining moment in my life today, I will never be the same. December the 16th of the year 2012, you will mark it down in your calendar as the day that you walked in the newness of the life that Christ offered to you. That you said no more to sin and yes to the will of God. You said yes to the will of God because you're tired of dealing with old things. You're tired of dealing with the oldness of life. Come on, with your heads bowed, your hands raised, if you're accepting this promotion today, you're saying, God, I'm right here. Choose me. I want to be promoted right here, God. I'm taking it, God. I'm tired of that old life. I'm tired of that old life. I just don't want it no more, God. I don't want it no more, God. I'm a new creation. I want you to begin to say it right now. I'm a new creation. Say it to you, believe it. I'm a new creation. Come on, I'm a new creation. Some of you don't even believe it yet. God says, you're a new creation. You're new. You're new. You're new right now. God says, you are new. You are made over from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. When you walk home, things might feel the same, but you are the change. Things might not look the same, and they might, like, they might feel familiar to you. But oh, let the devil know right now, when you go home, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new somebody. I'm in control of my destiny because I put God on the seat of authority in my life and I will never ever be the same but I'll begin to walk in the fullness of the light that Christ gave me but the Bible says he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly he came to give you more life than what you can handle you may feel broken right now you may feel like your life is a total mess and maybe you made a million bad mistakes but today you made one good choice that outdid a million sins a million mistakes for the love of God has overcome your heart in this moment and for love covers a multitude of sins and for all the bad choices you ever made right now this defining moment of surrender it erases your entire past I don't care what you've done what you did I don't care what you've done what you did but if you're accepting Christ today you're saying God is number one in my heart you're a new creation. When you leave this place, it's up to you to walk in the newness of life that God has for you. Come on, as the band comes forward. Come on, I'm walking in the newness of life. I'm walking in the newness of life. I don't know about you. I'm walking in the newness of life. I'm walking 
in the newness of God's life.